I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Sports Stories is gaining momentum. As we move forward, please visit our website, subscribe to our show, and leave us ratings and reviews. All of that helps us as we continue to bring you unique and uplifting sports stories, like the one on this episode with the head women's volleyball coach at Brigham Young University, Heather Olmsted. Heather, the 2018 AVCA National Coach of the Year, has been an overachiever since she was in the womb, literally. Pregnant with what she thought was her fourth child, Heather's mother, Trudy, 30 at the time, was diagnosed with a tumor in her lung. Without surgery, she might have three months to live. Told she would need to abort the fetus to save her life and then perform surgery to remove the tumor, a subsequent visit to the doctor revealed she was in fact carrying twins. Finding another way, Trudy and husband Rick turned to Dr. Russell Nelson, a surgeon then, he is now the president of the Latter-day Saints Church. Dr. Nelson performed a miraculous surgery. When he was unable to get the tumor away from the heart, he was forced to cut the pulmonary artery, then placed his finger in the artery while finishing the surgery with one hand. Then he stitched Trudy back up. While there are some complications that were later overcome, the surgery led to the birth of the Miracle Twins, Heather and her twin sister, Nicole. Rick and Trudy Olmsted and their seven children strong in their faith will go on to great success in life and the sport of volleyball. As time passed, Rick and Trudy's son, Sean, rose to the head coaching position for the BYU women's volleyball team, where he took the team to the national championship game in 2014 with his sister, Heather, as an assistant coach. After Sean moved over to the men's team in 2015, his assistant coach and sister, Heather, took over as a head coach of the women's team. That's right, two of Rick and Trudy's children are the men and women's head coaches at one of the top volleyball programs in the NCAA. I came to know Heather through her dad, Rick. Rick Olmsted was a volleyball player, but he made his mark as a coach. After attending BYU-Hawaii and briefly coaching in the islands, Rick returned to Santa Barbara, a central California coast city of about 90,000, where the Santa Ynez Mountains provide a dramatic backdrop. Santa Barbara became part of the United States with the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo in 1848, when our country's 11th president, James Knox Polk, was in office. Among Rick's coaching accomplishments, he would lead Santa Barbara High School to the 1978 California High School State Championship, the squad going undefeated and launching team MVP Karch Karai on his career to become the greatest volleyball player of all time. Karai, who won three Olympic gold medals, two indoor and one beach, is the current head coach of the USA women's volleyball team and an upcoming guest on Sports Stories. Heather's father, Rick, was also a well-respected referee, officiating both indoor and beach volleyball. Heather often tagging along and learning through volleyball osmosis. The program I directed along with Gino Grajeda, AAU Junior Beach Volleyball, had emerged as the premier program in the country and we called on Rick to serve as the head of officials. Rick would coordinate referees for the AAU National Championships and the Junior Olympics. Among the referees Rick would assign to the major events was one Brent Lee, who goes by B. Lee. B. Lee was part of another athletic family that had roots in Santa Barbara one that included John and Greg Lee, 
the latter of which played basketball for none other than Coach John Wooden at UCLA. Rick and B. Lee share a unique friendship, not unlike playwright Neil Simon's characters Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, who make up The Odd Couple, a popular play, film, and television series in the 1970s starring Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. It was through a friendship with these two that I came to appreciate the unique contributions that a relatively small seaside city of Santa Barbara had made to athletics, volleyball in particular. East Beach in Santa Barbara was a home to a long and distinguished list of men and women that have made an indelible mark on the sport. And it was thanks to the against all odds birth of Heather Olmsted that we had the great fortune to get on a plane, leave LAX for PIT, where in Pittsburgh we interviewed Heather at the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championships. Well, now that I've dropped Brigham Young, BYU, Dr. Russell Nelson, the Latter-day Saints Church, Trudy, Nicole, and Sean Olmstead, Santa Barbara, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, Young Hickory, Karch Karai, Gino Grajeda, Coach Wooden, Tony Randall, Jack Klugman, and Rick Olmstead. Wait, wait, where is B. Lee? From the AAU booth at the ABCA National Convention in the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh, here is my Sports Stories interview with BYU head women's volleyball coach, Heather Olmstead. Right before we came on, we learned that um, your dad has an iPhone. Yes, he yeah. is um, giving up his flip phone for an iPhone, and it was a know. lot of years coming, it so we're excited. a lot of years coming. That's fantastic. We're all excited at the AU Beach program now that we can deal with yeah, Rick he, on even he, terms, if he, you will. He might get mad that I spilled the beans, but yeah. you'd find out sooner or later. I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to use that a little bit. <laughs> Where... Um, now, I know I met Rick originally coming to probably doing AVP officiating. Mm -hmm. Is that, did you grow up that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I've, very first memories of my life was around volleyball, whether it was at East Beach or AVP tournaments, actually back when there was four-man beach volleyball. Right? I remember a lot of that sure. tour and being able to travel with him, mostly local to SoCal tournaments and just be around all the athletes. And, and he was just dragging us around and our mom was there and it was just a great, great way to grow up, great childhood. That's awesome. My, my boy's 27, my boy 27 now, but that's when I f was first started AU beach volleyball for juniors. Mm -hmm. And it was just a blanket on the beach and then I'd have to get out there and start building the courts. Wow. And eventually he would wake up and a bunch of kids just be bumping the ball around him. He'd come find me. So it's yeah. time to eat breakfast. Yeah, the beach volleyball life. I mean, there's nothing better than just going down all day and, and playing games and playing. jumping in the water. Yeah. And it's always the um, parents that are having to like, run the event or whatever. I always would forget the sunscreen and the food. Next thing you know, he's just like about to fall over. I'm like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> I really got to put somebody in a big charge deal of this. for sure. Yeah. And, and did um, your dad officiate? Bud Light Forest Tour? That, yeah. That oh, one? yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. See, that was when I was around doing, I was a stage announcer for Women's Pro Beach. Okay. So WPVA, AVP, and the Bud Forest, and they owned a lot of television time. Yeah. You know, he, when you look back on it, for it, was, sure. it was impressive. It was a big deal, yeah. And, and again, just being able to go with him to those four-man AVP tournaments every summer that we could and being around those great athletes and just looking up to them, it was pretty special and cool for us as kids. Yeah, I'll bet. And, and just coming up like that, there's almost this osmosis of learning how to control the ball. Yeah. Because you want to kind of keep up with the older kids or yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure. So 
Having so many kids in our family, we were able to just pepper in the front yard or at the beach, and we'd try to see how many times we could pepper back and forth and get oh, get past 100. And so, so we yep. we like to think we had good ball control. My dad would like to say that, too. Yeah. But it was definitely important in our family. Of course, seven kids. Yep. I'm, I'm number seven in mine. I'm fourth. You're fourth? Yeah. Oh, so you're right in the middle. Yep. Okay. All right, so you had some responsibility, but, you just know. Just a little. <laughs> Mostly yep. just to have fun. Yeah. And and so you growing up mostly in Santa Barbara, because I know you went to yeah. Carpinteria High School, Carpenter right? Carpinteria High, yeah. What was your um, elementary school? Um, went to Aliso High School and Canalino, and uh, then just Carp Middle School. So, okay. yeah, born and raised in Carpinteria. And besides coming up on the beach and, and playing, what other uh, sports did you like to do when you were young? Yeah, that was it. Volleyball was my life. I loved it. We were able to go play down in Linden and Carpinteria and Linden Beach and East Beach every summer, anytime we wanted, even if it wasn't summer, you know, Christmas time, whatever. The weather's great to go nice. play sand volleyball. So that was it. I dabbled a little bit in basketball, didn't didn't stick at all. And so we just played volleyball and we loved it. And it wasn't pushed on us at all. It was just something we were, we knew and we were around and we ended up getting good at it because we were touching the ball so much. Does that um, influence at all how you might recruit? knowing that players come up in a volleyball family, so to speak, and have that kind of background on, a, on the sport? I think it's nice if you can get a player that has that deep of a history. I don't know that it's super common um, with our recruiting and the, the way that we're going with our private institution. It's not going to happen a ton. So it's, it's not a deal breaker, but I definitely, you know, you can tell the kids that just have a, a knack for touching the ball and playing sand and beach and obviously with sand volleyball becoming so popular in, in, in division one and, and becoming a sport it's very very good for the for the women's game and i think that's just such awesome opportunities i probably maybe would have played sand if that opportunity was there when i was coming out of high school mm-hmm. um because i loved it and i'm a little undersized a little challenged yeah. vertically and so i'm left-handed and being able to play opposite in the sand and, and being five nine you know i maybe would have gone that route but obviously grateful i was able to play indoor who are outside of the family uh, with some coaches you kind of looked up to or uh-huh. that guided you early on? Yeah. So early on, my dad was my coach. So Rick Olmstead. Uh, I had really good club coach named Mike Moss out of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then Kathy Gregory was uh, at UCSB, uh, recruited me a little bit. Um, and Mike was, was the huge part of me getting to Utah State and getting recruited and getting looked at as, as well as my parents. And Kathy... Um, you know, the good thing that she did was she didn't recruit me. So she says, you got to go somewhere else. She recruited me a little bit. I always joke with her. Uh, she recruited me, told me I could walk on at UCSB. And I said, no, I'll rather go to Utah State and I'll just beat you. And so it was fun to get to play against Kathy. <laughs> I love it. What was, uh, what was significant or what did you like about Utah State? You know, so for me, it was a perfect situation because of my religious affiliation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I wanted to get to a place where I could to be around like-minded people. And so for me, that was Utah. Mm-hmm. Utah State was in the Big West Conference when I went there so they in gave you, 1998. Oh, yeah, so, your, so your folks would get a chance to see a playoff. So we were able to come back home and play Long Beach, Cal Poly, Santa Barbara, Fullerton, Riverside. They were all in the, in the Big West. And we had an East and a West division. And so that was why I went there. Was I huge. was able to get away from my dad, my mom. <laughs> just kidding. Mostly my dad. And then... Uh, play volleyball at Division One high level, Big West volleyball, and we'd come home every other weekend if we weren't at home playing, and it was just it was the best of both wor- worlds for me. So that's why I went to Utah State. That is great. Um, I'm just going to back up a little bit. Um, so you're part of a Miracle Twin team. Yeah. And and do you mind going over the story about um, how that all came to be? Because it's, sure. it's 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 
it was very inspirational. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to BYU TV yeah. because they really did great work on that. Yeah, on thanks. That talk. The series called Deep Blue, and mm-hmm. you can just Google it, Deep Blue, and and BYU TV did a wonderful job and was able to highlight my mom. So actually, my mom's story because she was pregnant yeah. with me, myself, and my twin sister at the time, um, and about 15, 16 weeks along, and she got a cough and she went to the doctor and they said you have a a tumor in your lung and you need to you get you need to abort these babies and uh, or else you won't live. Um, they're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're all gonna die if you don't do something. And you need to to do this now. And so they wow. wanted to find a doctor that was similar to our faith. And so my dad was really courageous in making that decision and wanted to talk to somebody that could give him some different guidance. And and they found that in a in a doctor who's our president of our church named President Nelson. And he said, "Don't touch those babies." Um, the Lord and I will decide what to do with those babies. Wow. And he, he was able to perform on my mom and take out the tumor. And uh, obviously we were able to be delivered and the, born the, and the saved the our sto- lives. The story about that where he has to go in and, and stop yeah. the artery and then go one-handed on yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's almost like a crazy athletic story. Like he's that yeah. skilled. Yeah, and he right? says he's never. To be able to go in and like, I've never done never this done before. Never done that before, never again. And uh, it was a one-time thing and obviously saved my, my life, my sister's life and my mom's life. And he, he says that never again or have I ever had, ever had my finger, you know, holding on to three lives at one time. And so it was pretty wow. cool. So obviously it's just a great, great story. And then my mom was able to go on and have two more, two more children, two little sisters after that. That's, that's, that's got to create this baseline, you know, this, yeah. this sense of strength in, in your family. Yeah. My mom's pretty amazing. And what she's, she's been through, obviously just having seven kids alone and then dealing with that. Uh, tumor and then um, has had some other health issues that she's just really battled through, you know, that she, she contracted hepatitis C through giving birth with some blood transfusions. And she's a rock star doing, doing great yeah. now, living great life, healthy. So we're grateful. I would imagine that's got to give all of you that you're, whether you're competing or whether you're coaching, um, I don't know, sense of strength. Yeah. And just perspective on life and, and seeing what my parents, mom and dad did for us now that I'm older, I can see the sacrifices they mm-hmm. made for us to have a good childhood and to have everything that we needed, whether it was braces or club volleyball or mm-hmm. playing in tournaments. And it was just incredible that they were willing to do to, to just help us have fun and enjoy and be successful and be able to go on to college. We had four out of seven of us played collegiate volleyball. Like, yeah. Two, uh, two sisters play at BYU, a brother at BYU, and then I went to Utah State. So wow. volleyball's in our blood. We just love it. And again, it wasn't forced on us. It's, it's just a unique family situation where we're just we're strengthened by the sport. So you, um, you know, you finish up at Utah State. I know you played four years there. I think uh, yep. you did quite well. Yeah, it was fun. All, were you the conference MVP? No, I or was close to it. Or you're like, no, a, you I don't know. I was just a piece. Yeah, I dug, yeah. dug a lot of balls. There it is. There it is. Yeah, all time. And then what, how'd you find your way over to BYU? Yeah, so I was able to go play professionally for a year after I played at Utah State, went to Croatia, loved it. And uh, got into my coaching profession at Utah State. Burt Fuller, who's another mentor, said, do you want to come back and coach? And I said, no. And he says, are you sure? My dad was a coach. I never thought about coaching. <laughs> and he convinced me. And he said, you can stick around the game and have all these great experiences and mentor these young women. And so I did it and got hooked. And after three years, I went to University of Utah, learned from Beth Lanier, and got a great opportunity there from 05 to 11. And then in 11, my brother hired me at BYU to come help him. So were you there when the football team went undefeated? Um, I was close to it. I can't remember. Right. What year was that? I, it was, was around. Was it five or six? It was five or six. Yeah. That's when Urban Meyer they've was had, there. Yeah. They've, so, they've had a couple so, good So you've years. had an affiliation with all three of the schools in Utah. I there. have. Yeah. 
What do you? What's your story when BYU, Utah State, showdowns in football? Yeah, it's funny. People always ask me, and I'm I'm an Aggie. I'm always going to be an Aggie at heart, you know. But I'm also <laughs> always loyal to who pays my bills. So <laughs> that's what all I can yeah, say. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Say. That makes a lot of sense. So now you're um, you're coaching, and how did you make your way to BYU? Because your brother was uh, yeah. Now was your did I hear that your brother was head coach of both at one point or coached on? Nope. Both? The okay. men and women? Yeah. No, so in 11, he became the BYU women's head coach, and I was at the University of Utah. And so he asked me to come help him build that program, and he had a great vision for what he saw BYU turning into and the potential. Mm-hmm. And I knew all the kids they were getting. I knew what they could do. So he got me on board. So in 11, I came over and, and was able to work with him. And for four years, we worked together, and we went to the national championship game against Penn State in 14. Yep. And then in 15, saw he that. got hired as the men's coach. And okay. so Chris McGowan retired, and Sean got that job, and they offered me the women's job. So I've been at BYU as the women's head coach since 2015. Done all right. It's been fun. I, I saw you get kids. your national coach of the year last year. I got great and kids. I was like, oh, that's rich, And girl. a great staff, yeah. Um, the, I don't know if you'd call it the BYU way. And, and again, like this um, podcast isn't, just so you know, it's not necessarily volleyball base it's yep. like sports based so for sports fans that are listening yep. can you explain a little bit about BYU's you know tradition and blocking and also yeah. about the gold medal squared yeah. and how you how you put that into the cur- curriculum of yeah. what you teach. Carl McGowan, who's also another mentor, you mean you brought up mentors early, and that was early in my life, the ones I mentioned, and I've had many since, Burt Fuller, Beth Lanier, my brother, uh, Carl McGowan, Chris McGowan, that have influenced me later in my coaching careers. And so Carl's a longtime BYU a men's head coach, won a couple national championships with BYU, yep. and he's influenced many people with his, his curriculum in Gold Medal Squared, which is the company that he built. And really, it's it's a it's a opportunity to teach coaches how to teach volleyball in simple formats, simple principles, and be able to make the movements repeatable in volleyball, since okay. volleyball is quite complicated in nature. It's not a very mm-hmm. easy sport to pick up and play. It's very hard, to, a lot of time training, hand-eye coordination. And so he was able to create this... Um, business and he has just been able to do the absolute amazing things with it and so I've been able to learn from him and it's just kind of carried on through the BYU um, men's and women's programs and so yeah, blocking they, is I don't even know what it the, is the about da- blocking. The data shows it. I don't know what it is. It's like the weirdest thing. The data shows it though. Like yeah. that's, that's what the men and the women both do particularly well. Yeah, you know he's, he, he has since passed away but he used to tell stories about how he would spend so much time on blocking and then realize he was one in 30 and blocking didn't matter. And so he started to look into other things that you should train that would correlate to winning more than blocking. Okay. And the blocking just kind of stuck. And I think that comes along with being able to serve tough and get your opponents out of system. And so BYU is also known as just really good serving teams. And so being able to serve tough and put pressure on mm-hmm. other teams is going to help your block. And I think that's a little bit about it too. Do you find not only something along those lines, but something I know just coming up in volleyball and then just coaching my kids or any kids it's serving and and passing for sure it's serving and passing yeah people get so bored from us coaches (laughs) saying that and it's just there's no other way to go around it if you can't serve and put pressure on someone they're going to side out an enormously high clip and if you're not able to side out yourself you're going to lose so there's really no way to get away from the serve pass answer as far as what are the two most important skills you know whether whatever order they're in it's going to be serve and pass and after that it's can you go hit high and hard and attack and side out uh, at a high level, and, and that's going to get you a lot of wins. I like the, um, the concept, like in basketball, the logo of the NBA. 
mm-hmm. is is that's a picture of Jerry West. Yeah. But I always liked that it was him controlling the ball. It wasn't somebody dunking the ball. Yeah. Or blocking the ball or anything. Yeah. It was like of the control of the ball. And when I worked briefly with USA Volleyball and we were starting the beach thing, I found pictures that I had clipped out of the paper of Karch passing from when he was younger to when he's older. And it always looked the same. Yeah. And that's the logo we went with because of how important the pass is. This is incredible. I mean, my dad would tell me stories. He coached Karch Karai. You know that, right? Santa right. Barbara High. He would tell yeah, us good. stories growing up. So was he the, like the coach? He was the, the head, head coach? high school coach, yeah, when they won the state championship Come in 78 on. or something. I knew he coached there. I didn't realize Yeah, that. he was Karch's Car- high school oh, coach. look out. He would always tell us stories about Karch and how Karch was the hardest worker and that seriously Karch would be running around the gyms shagging balls in the middle of the drill. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? He's like, well, if, if we never have to stop and shag, we never have to stop the drill. We can just keep playing. So I'm trying to keep balls. If he wasn't on the court at the time, my dad was like, I've wow, never seen a more intense shagger. So we didn't have to stop. We could just play volleyball all day. <laughs> that's only, It's like, well, what about water breaks? <laughs> well, that's, that's only the greatest player ever. Seriously. But that's, that's the kind of things you learn about. Yeah. Right? Because that's what you'd hear about Michael Jordan. Yeah. I know when I was a kid playing basketball in high school, um, for whatever reason, I had to get drop off early, and the gym lights would be on at like 6 a.m. And I go in, and the best guy on the basketball team yeah. was doing defensive slides. Yeah, yeah. Just one of the things we say about our program is it doesn't just happen. So you're not just automatically the best volleyball player in the world or basketball player. Like these people put in a lot of work, but the stories that end up being told about them are kind of the, the glory and the winning. And nobody really sees all the hard work and dedication that happened before. I mean, there's stories of multi-million dollar companies that same way how they started and from the ground up and so I think those are the cool stories to tell is you know when they weren't so good what they looked like what did the grind look like where was the motivation coming from and so you know my dad was able to tell us a lot of stories about cards that that were super motivating and and you know obviously just have a lot of respect for Karch and what he's done and his, his father came from a tough background yeah to Laszlo. be able to make a life here yeah absolutely and my dad would play with him at East Beach so they're buddies and it's, it was fun to go down and watch them play. What is it about um, – now, I I know at different places you, you hear a little bit of chatter. It's hard to recruit here. It's hard to recruit yeah. here. But you, you certainly must have, you know, less of a chance to recruit all athletes at BYU than others. But yeah. t- tell me how that either focuses yeah. your re- efforts yeah. or inhibits. Yeah, we absolutely – feel like we have an advantage in that we have an honor code at BYU and so we have to look for certain kids that are going to agree to the honor code and want to live you know the BYU lifestyle and so for us we have four priorities that maybe aren't the same as other people's that's going to be a spiritual academic volleyball and social is our four priorities and so we make that very clear in the recruiting process and spiritual doesn't mean you have to be religious or LDS a part of our our religion it just means you have to be uh, willing to put spiritual things first whether it's yourself your relationship with God or with your family or friends and that we're able to to hone into that and be in a really good place individually Mm -hmm. and so it means a lot of different things for different people so we're very open to members not of our faith to come in and live our honor code that want to be the very best they can academically and athletically and we feel like we can help them uh just thrive on and off the court and we've had many successful non-members come most recently ronnie jones perry who's playing overseas mm-hmm. in italy who was not a member of our religion and just really flourished at byu and and uh just so proud of what she's doing do you find that that for those that aren't either grown up lds or that have those that are able to make it 
at BYU that that just really just like lights that fire and is able to take somebody and mold them through that process? Yeah, for sure. I think, again, you got to find the right kid that's willing to see all the good things about BYU and not just the negative things of what you can't do, but what it's going to give you and the opportunities it's going to provide for you post, you know, college and the networking it's going to give you. And so we're really looking for kids that are open-minded and, and aren't looking for, um, you know, maybe a, a school that's not going to be as serious in the academic or the volleyball department. Did um, did you get a um, text from the flip phone when you won the coach of the year, ABCA? From my dad? Yeah. Oh, I probably got a phone call. <laughs> At least a phone you call. Did. Yeah. Now, that, that had to be a culmination of a lot of people's efforts. Because I know, you, I'm sure you, you talked to your team about this, but individual mm-hmm. awards are a culmination of, you know, what the team does. But um, you receiving that, that had to be a proud moment for you and your family. Yeah, definitely. Just a lot of, lot of, lot of hard work went into that. And I think the biggest reflection it, it is on is the team and the kids that you have on the team. And, of course, my coaching staff and all the work we were able to put in last year. And But, again, you're not getting to the Final Four or winning a bunch without the right kids and without the horses. So, for sure, we had the right student athletes and they were all bought in. And so most of the credit goes to them. And then our staff for being able to just navigate a really, you know, tough year. And not a tough year. It was a great year, you know. Yeah opportunity to play Stanford at home and uh, play some big matches and 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 play at home through regionals to the final four and so yeah very very grateful for the opportunity it was a, a lot of years building towards just a really great year and to be recognized as an institution and a staff was was really great tell me a little bit about this year you had a good run yep. I know you beat uh, Stanford earlier yeah we in the did year. that was fun right that was yeah. big and then and then um as you got in what you went you beat New Mexico State yeah first we, round first round yep so we were able to um host as the number 14 seed and so we we're able to play the first round at home and if you win you know the next night you get to play advance and play and so we played new mexico state michael jordan great coach great program and then we were able to play the winner of illinois utah and we, we played utah for the second time and they had a fantastic match a great match they were on fire and uh you know credit to them they just just bulldozed through us and went on to, to play Stanford in the Sweet 16. Is there something different about um, those in-state games? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you're, you're excited to play those in-state teams. There's a little bit of uh, there's a huge rival between sure. Utah and BYU, and so that was that was there for sure. Playing them earlier in the year, we played them the same week. We played Stanford. We played really well. We were able to, to get a four-set win up at their place, and then two days later beat Stanford. So that was a really great week um, in our season, fourth weekend of the year, and and so it really did set the tone for our season and to, to go on to have success and, and do really well in conference and we got second place in conference and heading yeah. into the tournament we were doing some good things and uh, we ran into a really good team and but overall just super proud of our team for all the efforts that went into just being the very best that that 2019 group could be what are you looking are you returning a few for this next year yeah we we returning we, we lost four and so mm-hmm. we're returning quite a bit of kids and getting a, another good class in and so nice. we're, we're looking to just keep building and um always building that's one of my things always building 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 towards you know winning our first national championship tell me a little bit about coaching international i know uh, you're yeah. part of pan am mm-hmm. uh crew and yep. what else should you I think the you Pan Am games you, you Pan coaches like the collegiate national team yep. or something I was in Japan last summer so explain that a little bit yeah I was able to be a part of USA Volleyball Karch um, has let me work with some collegiate national teams and in 2015 I went and took the actual national team uh, he had the the A team and I was able to go with Dan Fisher who's at Pitt and coach the B team wow. in uh, Pan Am games which was in Canada and we were able to win gold medal and it was one of the most incredible coaching experiences of my life just to be able to go represent USA in, in a the most 
Olympic-like setting. Besides the Olympic Games, the Pan Am Games is the year before the Olympics where all the athletes are trying to get ready for sure. the Olympics and have an opening ceremony and get the feel down. It was really incredible. And the next summer, we're able to go to the Dominican and coach a Pan Am Cup team and, and win a bronze medal there with them. And then last summer, I was able to take a collegiate national team, which is girls that go try out for the national team, the mm -hmm. various national teams, and they put a team together of different girls pulled from universities, and we went to Japan, and we were able to play over there for, for 12 days or so and experience the culture and the play of Japan, and it was pretty incredible. Can you, what, what would be some of the uh, differences that you immediately recognize yeah. playing international versus yeah. collegiate? Or style of play in Japan is very different than USA. They are very good at serve and pass, very, very good. Uh, they're... They don't miss a lot of serves. They're really good at getting tough, hard, flat serves in, and then getting them out of system is, is a struggle. So their their passing and ball control is excellent. And then they'll they'll they're a little smaller on the offensive end, but because they're so good at ball control, they can chip away. They can take good smart swings. Uh, they're just really good. We I think we won one match out of six. It was it was a learning experience for our group. Right. And uh, and then trying to score against their defense is a struggle. Uh, because they serve so well, you're out of system a bunch. And so being able to take big out-of-system swings is a big deal. And it, it was really hard wow. to score. And then they kind of lull you into a tipping game. And it's not good to tip because that's their game. They can get tips, you know, very easily. And so you got to figure out ways to score. And you got to have a big arm to score out of system. What about in the Pan Am games when you play different uh, countries? Yeah, so we know? played Brazil, we played Dominican. Yeah, you have an opportunity to adapt and adjust to different countries, you know, throughout and, that and tournament. Is, is that something that you prep for? Or? Yeah. It, the nice thing is, is us coaches uh, from college that we get to go in and kind of insert our, ourselves. We're not trying to screw up what USA is doing. We're just trying to help them mm -hmm. through this tournament. And these girls are the ones with the experience. They're on the national team, so they're telling us about Brazil and, oh, yeah. and Argentina and Dominican. This is what they do. So we're, we're doing the best we can to help them. And we're not full-time USA you know, staff members. We have collegiate teams that we coach. So it's just really cool to learn from them. I was learning from Cass uh, Lickman and Kristen Richards and uh, Carly Lloyd was on our team and uh, Fawcett was on our team. And they're, they're getting us up to speed with how international ball works in each team and their style of play and we were able to win the gold medal against Brazil it was really incredible wow that's yeah it was cool okay you enjoying yourself yeah it's super yeah. fun yeah you're, you're um the, from what I saw on that um documentary too it looks like your your players like you a little bit I hope so. I <laughs> like them like, yeah. a lot. It looks like you have a sense of team. So, uh, yeah, it really I, does. A sense of family, I mean. Yeah, I really like you could kind of love each and every girl. Yeah, they I just you know, I got into coaching because somebody believed in me and a lot of people believed in me, but one coach gave me the opportunity to go to Utah State and said, "I believe in you, Heather, so come here." And I just w want to be able to give that back to other young women. Like, I believe in you even if nobody else does and I have the chance to recruit really great young female student athletes that have a lot of self-belief in themselves but if I can just give back a little bit to them and, and help them in any way to develop more self-belief and self-confidence that they can do anything that's going to be valuable for them in life when they really go through hard things that are way harder than just losing a game yeah. but that's what we're trying to do is equip them with skills life skills that they can go and conquer the world and just feel confident that whatever comes my way I got the answers because I'm going to make the best of it and stay positive I'm fired up you got me fired yeah. up I'd come play for you yeah let's go I would <laughs> this is great no this is it's it's, I really want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Because the whole premise is to kind of try to tell uplifting sports stories. Yeah. And, it's, and it just started from the beginning. Well, and I it, And it came you. all the way through. Yeah, what appreciate it. Yeah, I never would have thought, you know, I'd be coaching because I didn't, again, I didn't know I was going to coach. And so I just feel grateful that I get to be around this wonderful sport that gives back to, to young women and men and helps them just see 
what they can do with their futures and believe in them. So I'm grateful, and thanks for having me. You bet. We, we believe. We All believe right. it's going somewhere. All right. Thank All right. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is supported by the AAU. Find a local event and join at aausports.org. And remember, you can catch your favorite amateur sports live stream, replays, and highlights at ballertv.com. Sports Stories, along with East Bay, supports the Heroes Movement, a nonprofit that bridges the gap from mental or physical therapy to getting strong again through strength and conditioning workouts. This free service is available for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces. Visit heroesmovementusa.org for more information. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. and is available on Apple Podcasts and YouTube or wherever you listen and watch. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. It really helps spread the word. You can find all our social media links, archives, and other info on our website at sportsstoriespodcast.com. Original music for Sports Stories is courtesy of Lennon Music Productions. Special thanks to the John R. Wooden Course and Wooden's Wisdom. Sports Stories staff includes Marley Rice, Teresa Dolan, Bob McCall, Michael Lennon, Sienna Lennon, Brad Lawson, Christine Jimbo, and Jake Downey. Check it out, book!